The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. You little turds are going to have to learn you can't run from the ice cream man! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. These films risk causing harm! They should be burned! I'd like to do any of these two guys at the same time. What? Hell yeah! I don't owe you any book. No more books! Hello and welcome back to the show. It's your host Art here with Subversive Cinema to be your Sherpa to the strange, wrangler of the weird, and purveyor of the peculiar. And we are continuing on. We're almost done our special in-depth review of the mighty works of Neil Breen. We're now going to be talking about his fourth film, Pass Through from 2016. And of course, back as always is our resident specialist in Breenism, Richard. How are you, Richard? I'm doing great. How are you, Art? I am fantastic having seen this movie. As I confess to you off the air, this is the one Neil Breen film I had never seen, so I was kind of excited going in because I didn't know what to expect. I have certain thoughts about Twisted Pear, which we'll get to next time down the road, and you know we've already talked about Double Down and Fateful Findings, and I am here now. And I did not know which way this would go. And I am very pleased to say that it went it went just how as I was hoping. <laughs> it's a, as much as one can with a Neil Breen film. Don't get me wrong, folks. It's still full of nonsensical things, strange imagery. But this has really got some, some magical qualities to it. <laughs> so you had seen this before, correct, Richard? Yeah, I had seen it... Uh think only once before today uh but it was uh it had it this movie is uh it's not my favorite neil breen movie but it does have my favorite neil breen moment in it so oh yes uh i'm sure we will be getting to that very shortly so pass through it's a story about corruption kidnapping yelling and walking through rocks so what we have with this film, Neil back in the director's chair again, as well as the writing chair, producing chair, camera work chair, editing chair, catering, casting, and everything else you can imagine chair. And in terms of the story, he plays this AI being known as Till, which for the uninitiated is light spelled backwards because I like he, he doesn't bother to exactly say that the, the H and the G are silent. He just says that's how it's pronounced when he spells it out to the cast. And this being comes back from the future to eradicate 300 million people on earth. He's doing his own little Thanos sort of thing to get rid of all the corruption and all the bad things. Along the way, he encounters an escaped immigrant, I'm guessing, uh, in Amanda, who is running away with her niece, which I will talk about shortly because the way she is introduced is fantastic, played by Kathy Corpus. She also has one volume level, which is Yell. Uh, everybody in this movie seems to have only one setting, which is yell dramatically, and that'll get your point across more seriously. So he comes back to destroy these bad people in the world, get rid of the corruption, and I guess tries to save her along the way. Uh, he's he take this he took this human form, but I don't know. If, I'm guessing that he there was a person before, but then all of a sudden he's this being. 
he litters the desert with corpses, and then he goes back to fuck off to the future. I don't know. What am I missing, Rick? That's pretty much it. Uh, the uh, At the beginning, the the heroin addict that Neil Breen is playing uh, and the, who overdoses, he is a different character. Okay, he so that, he just assumes that body then. Correct, yeah. There's actually another uh, show, uh, I think it's on Netflix, that has this exact same premise where people come and inhabit bodies of people as they die from the future to fix the past, to fix their own future. It's a weird uh, stolen uh, valor from an Neil Breen film, but uh, <laughs> this concept isn't that crazy. True. Well, I do really like that his you know, here he is doing heroin in the desert. Clearly somebody who's done little to no research on how heroin works, <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> so, as I said, you, you're introduced to, to Amanda and her, and her niece, and this is exactly how that plays out. Why are we running? We have to keep running. Your mother's my sister. She was murdered. I swear to God, I take care of you. You're my niece. We have to keep running! <laughs> Your mother's my sister! And I'd like that she has to go a little further just to explain to the audience out there who might not know how familial relations work that oftentimes one's sister or brother, therefore their offspring are either nieces or nephews. But, you know, most people, I guess, don't know that. Well, clearly the niece didn't know that. Otherwise she would have kept running. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this movie's got uh, a few things going for it. So it's got this human trafficking plot, which is kind of the first part of the movie. It really just sets it up, yeah. Which is a which is a nice big social justice uh, theme that Neil's uh, going to go after and really dig deep into, we all are sure of. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, it kind of uh, does this weird transition when it becomes a pure uh, sci-fi movie that uh sort of drops well he 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 kind of resolves the human trafficking uh uh plot somewhere in the middle of act two and then act three is just a a i don't know how to describe it it's just this weird thanosy uh fantasy that neil's playing out where he can just uh wipe out all the bad people in the world it yeah it, <laughs> this thing's so strange I really like how the people who are kidnapped, their credits, they're given character names, even though you never hear them, and they're all dubbed, you know, character name, comma, immigrants. So they're all immigrants, and when they're on a bus, in these separate buses, the, the human traffickers separate the women from the men, and each of them goes down the list talking about how their country is corrupt and did injustice. But my question is, so where the fuck are they all coming from? Because they all look different, and they all sound very American. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing the South. Uh, take Pick your state. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> In fact, I think it is so outrageous that I think we need to hear just a little bit of how this discussion goes. I hate the politicians in my country. They are so corrupt. They persecute my family. They killed my husband. I'm pregnant. And I just wanted a better life for my child. I have no husband. And I just want my baby to be safe and happy. It's more than what I ever had. 
Now wait! We paid a lot of money to get into this country. I left my country to make a better life for my family. I hate the politicians in my country. They're so corrupt. They killed my wife. <laughs> I was weak, but I'm gonna be strong. We all can be strong. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I, I like that in this world, um, the currency at play are drugs, right? Sure, uh, and where, people. You know, and people. So I love that they're trading off, you know, these bags of heroin or coke or heroin or whatever they are. And they're clearly being given to different people. But it's like they're, they're specific but general. Here's for the CEOs. Here's for the lawyers. Here's for the corporate bankers. And the bags are not even tied right. Like there's powder falling out of them. Yeah. And they're not labeled. They're of different weights. It's like how is anybody <laughs> going to keep track of who gets the right take? Oh, it is. It is so... Is so absurd that scene, the but it's you know it's this typical preachy uh, Neil Breen scene where he's like you know just really hammering home how corrupt everyone is and how the system can't be fixed, and uh, it, it's just it's absurd. It's just so simplistic, and absurd and wonderful. It it is. But before you know, sorry, I always love to just dive right in. I get so far ahead of myself. Yeah, let's let's Everybody do a structured episode, huh? Yeah, here's what we're doing. We're, we're looking at this film. We're talking about the subversive sauce of it. How saucy is it? I think we all know where this is going to go, but we're going to do it anyway. It comes down to three ingredients, character, story, and what the fuck factor. We're going to go ahead and start with the characters. So, Richard, which character or characters stood out to you? And I hope you say the tiger because he's billed second. <laughs> he is billed second, and I, I am fairly confident he's stock footage, but I don't know. He's stock Maybe... footage, and somehow they got the name. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, normally I, I, you know, I like to talk about Neil Breen in this segment, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that one because this whole, uh, actually my favorite, uh, character in this, uh, movie, I think this is one of Neil's best villains is, uh, the smuggler by the name of Dana, perhaps it's played by Donna Rogers. Oh, the one, uh, oh, Mrs. The one who yells and shoots people point blank. Yes. Oh, she might be the best villain Neil Breen has created besides the villains that Neil Breen himself play. <laughs> would but, you say that she is his uh his lex luther <laughs> i mean i guess but the the i will say the one scene that's a huge downer is the one where he just kind of waves his hand and she disappears because i really really thought she had some more to give to this movie oh that that <laughs> that showdown is so fantastic i would be remiss if i didn't share how that one went with everybody but I, I actually think the better scene with her is the one where, uh, yeah, where with the mother and son that she just point blank shoots in the face. <laughs> oh, yes. We're going to hear a little bit of this this epic standoff. Uh, uh, warning to all listeners, the tension in this scene is palpable. Who the hell are you? What the hell are you doing in my house? This is my universe. I will kill you. I will eliminate all of the people like you that have ruined this planet. You are done. No, you are done. I'm done. Done. And then she's done. <laughs> and then he slowly backs out of frame and she disappears. Oh, my God. 
and uh and then i just happened yeah you're, you're right when she <laughs> she doles out some some vicious justice doesn't she uh well first is when she comes up when they first get the uh the immigrants and then she goes to the pregnant woman and then she takes her to task stop how many months pregnant are you seven oh really she rips open the shirt and a pillow of drugs falls out and more drugs and then we do one of neil's classic repetitive pan shots over bad props yeah. yes she is a wonderful villain yeah and i feel like uh neil's movies really do lack a good villain i think a lot of times he ends up becoming the villain he's definitely the villain of this movie I mean, genocides 300 million people. I don't see how that is anything other than villainous. Uh, even if they are the 300 million worst people in the world, uh, they are still 300 million people. <laughs> but they're all the worst kinds, right? Isn't that what we... Uh, we I mean, I, I guess. He goes to that newsroom and just wipes them out, too. And they're just kind of, like, shitty. But I wouldn't say they're they're evil. I know, but I just love that, that, you know, that they are stand-ins for a variety of news networks. What an asshole that politician was. I can't believe he just said that. He is so damn extreme and biased. Five, four, three, two, one, live. Action. Thank you, Senator, for that thoughtful and sensitive interpretation. Very thoughtful and insightful. <laughs> Hypocrites. Hypocrites. I, but I also, I, again, Neil's back in action in rare form with his classic copy and paste dialogue where one person says it, but just to drive home the importance, the following character has to say it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My character that I need to point out is... This old astronomer professor guy who apparently mm-hmm. gets 12-year-olds to do his bidding for him to look for signals in the sky. He's sitting there huffing on this can of, I'm guessing, oxygen more than Dennis Hopper did in Blue Velvet. And he's just this sad man in this bed who is, I think, everybody's grandfather at some point when he has... Where is this? Uh... Well, it's it's hard to find because this this subplot is um, it doesn't really fit the film. It's kind of like here, there you have these kids who are like following radio signals to find this alien being, but and this professor is also researching them. But he's got the kids doing the work or something, and then you know it. This loose end does get tied up at the end of the film, but I don't understand the point of it at all. I guess they just want to find that weird red dot in the sky that yeah, the, pin- the pimples is, yeah exactly that is neil breen <laughs> or the ai i suppose so yeah okay so here's here's the scene where he's pretty much everybody's uh, grandfather at some point hello do you see anything what do you see hello hello dead connection I tell you what, though, the audio doesn't hold a candle to the performance that he's turning in. <laughs> There's so much angst and frustration in his old man eyes that it, it it's really begs to be seen for real. Well, 
speaking of that, there's a moment in this movie where uh, the niece is watching Neil uh, f- like fade away into some rocks. Yes. And then she has the most puzzled look on her face. And it's like is the perfect encapsulation of the audience at that moment. And I just wish there was some audio that it would work for a podcast. I but know. You don't, you're all just going to have to go see it. Yeah. It is a beautiful moment. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I also have to, I guess I'm going to lean into Amanda, the the aunt, because of, again, the fact that she has one volume level, which is yell. <laughs> that That is my, my other one. Any other characters for you, sir? Um, eh, why don't we talk about Neil's character in this one? Um, so this, this one I feel like is basically, you know, we were saying last week or last, whenever this uh, podcast aired, uh, (laughs) for Double Down, that uh, Neil likes to recycle a lot of his themes. And I think he's got a lot of, uh, I am here now in this character, um, it's basically, it's sort of a space Jesus again. He doesn't have the circuit boards. He's not wearing the, he's not crucifying anyone, but um, there's there's some uh, some weird stuff here. And then he's also got a bit of the double down character as well, who, uh, uh, yeah. you know, who likes to sleep in the dirt and uh, <laughs> eats out of cans. So many cans in this movie. Uh, by the way, the Neil Breen maid service, uh, I recommend to everyone. I don't know if you have that scene, but it is a... Oh, uh, but I do. <laughs> I, I have it right here. I'll let you and your niece stay in my place. I'll stay in the car up front. No, no, we can't stay here. It'll be fine. No, I'll clean it up. There's no don't way worry in hell about we it. can stay here. No. no. You have to trust me. Stay here. I'll clean it for you. He's just throwing shit out the door. Oh my god! What are you doing? How did I get here? Oh my goodness! What is this? What are you doing? Oh my god! It's clean. It's all clean. Yeah, he should be advertising that on the side of vans. Oh man, he should. He should. And the frame that I have right now of him just smiling and just—he's so proud of the job he did right after that. That Wild is hair. Oh, that's yeah, his. Yeah, it. that's his headshot that right there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he's a um, God. He's such a weird one in this movie. Like this, this one is just his. Like you know, he's got these kind of funny neoliberal politics and. Just wants to. He's just fed up with everything and wants to wish it all away. And man, is this like his like neoliberal wet dream where he can just wipe out all the bad people in one go? And it is, it is a. I think if you actually like, if you read back his script at some point, you might might want to be like, man, this is just not a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you root for him. He's killing so many people. Well, as Arnold Schwarzenegger would say in True Lies. But they were all bad. (laughs) All right. Characters, they're fantastic. They're awesome. Story. So, Rick, how much did the story make sense to you? I actually think this is one of his more coherent plots. 
to be honest. Yeah, that's true. There was not as much cutting to, you know, random flashbacks and shit as before. In fact, I don't think it, there was any flashbacks, really. There was just there, cross-cutting between situations. Yeah, but... there are there are time planes, but they are not... Uh, it's not told in flashbacks. It just kind of goes back to the tiger land to, with the caveman at the, yeah. the beginning of the movie. I was curious about this caveman who has got some really amazing pigment, you know, because unless this, again, that cave is like, or that rock is another area of existence... Because, you know, that pigment stayed for eons, apparently. And then there's this random tiger that's in the desert, but then depending on the film footage they use, it's sometimes in the snow. And, right. uh, <laughs> and And then there's the, the, you know, right next to the caveman paintings are these three brand new, you know, Ross or home and decor clocks that you can buy that everybody yeah. has seen at someone's house. So it, it's a very interesting visual arrangement he has. Yeah, I mean, he's... I don't really know what he was going for with the clocks. I guess that's time planes. I suppose that's what he calls them in the movie. Um, but I'm sure that one actually works. But uh, yeah, the, I think the constant is supposed to be these cave paintings that are supposed to last throughout time. And they look like they were brand new. <laughs> they were. Forever. Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of time planes, I want to move... Uh, okay, look, yeah, 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 the story works. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> we get it, right? It, we Again, it's just, as, it's just as straightforward as I am here now. Omniscient being comes from somewhere else, doles out justice, fucks off. The yep. only difference is he wasn't trying to bang anybody this time. Though they did do a little bit of pinky dancing towards the end. But that's about it. We do have a, a a little callback to Double Down when you see Aaron's uh, vest. Yes, his that is his vest. Uh, it is the is now the ghost in the cave, uh, quote unquote ghost in the cave. Yes, <laughs> which is one of my favorite lines in the movie. One of my biggest laughs of the movie comes from what what he ends up saying to the to the the guy who's playing the ghost uh, after he comes out of the cave. Let's see if you can cue that up. This line right here. You are now free of PTSD. Thank you for freeing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it's shades of the uh, and I am here now of the uh, the guy in the wheelchair. It the, is. Uh, it is. Of, a lot of this stuff comes full circle uh, as we get along, get on in these Neil Breen movies, and uh, he's definitely borrowed a lot of his. Older stuff that maybe didn't work the first time, he's trying it again here, and I think sometimes it actually works better. Definitely yeah. the the stuff, the double down stuff, uh, works better in this film. So before we move on to the WTF, one thing I just thought about: Do you think that Neil in in this film, by talking about different time planes, and I guess if we want to look at that multi world dimensions, however the other phrasing would be, do you think he's trying to say how this movie, in a sense? validates and makes all the other ones actively accurate as well but because they're placed in different universes sort of like how they were doing that with spoiler alert for anybody out there spider-man no way home where you know this movie validates the other two franchises as them being other worlds because if you look at double down i am here now faithful findings specifically i am here now in faithful findings there are such catastrophic events that are done in the name of curing corruption 
Yet corruption seemingly just comes right back every time if it's all in the same world. So do you think that these are different worlds and this is his way of saying it's a multiverse and that he is essentially this being in different multiverses taking on different roles to cure corruption each time? That's an excellent question. Uh, I'm kind of curious what he, how he approaches it. I mean, you know, watch just as a fan and watching the movies, I, I, I'm very tempted to believe there's a cinematic universe here uh, at work, if you want to use that awful marketing slogan. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he does kind of revisit the same themes a lot. So it doesn't really make sense that Space Jesus would fix his experiment and I am here now and then all of a sudden another AI has to come and fix the experiment again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to believe that they're, they're their own separate universes or multiverse, parts of the multiverse, whatever you, however you want to call it. That was just something that occurred to me in uh, watching this one. It's a great question for him, I would say. It's a great question for Neil Breen. At some point, he should be... Uh, he should be forced to f answer that question. That's right. If he has made others come to task to face their corruption, he must be made to come and stand in front of the jury of the people to tell us the truth. And, and Neil, if you happen to fall upon this podcast, please reach out to me. I'll at you on Twitter. I'll, I'll do what I got to, but we need to know. Yeah, we'll buy you a drink in Vegas. Let's get yes. some answers. <laughs> Done. Okay, let's move on to the WTF. And to fire it off, I need to play the audio of the moment that I texted you that it made me laugh nonstop for at least two minutes afterwards. Don't come near me. I'll kill you, you fucker. I won't hurt you. Oh. She just beams him right in the fucking head with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is her, her way of making up for it. How are you? You know, I'm very sorry for hitting you in the eye. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to hurt you. It's okay. It's okay. It's, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll just... <laughs> uh, there it is. Okay. So, WTF, man. As a Neil Breen film goes, there's plenty of things for us to talk about in terms of what the fuck just happened. From the random piano, the dead piano in the desert that suddenly plays a fun little ditty once he puts his, his holy AI hands on it. To the weird shadow puppet creature that crawls across the desert. To, of course, the vet hiding in the mine who has his own shadow ghost, I guess, or something. I'm not sure where that played into it because he said, I did the ghost, but we never saw one prior to that. Yeah, originally... Originally, I thought the ghost was the AI spirit uh, inhabiting the body of the uh, heroin junkie that Neil's playing. Yeah. But then there's this guy who's also creating shadow puppets that I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's kind of random. Uh, my WTF moment. I'm going to talk about my favorite sequence in Neil in all of Neil Breen's uh, movies. Yes. It is. It is called. I call it Neil Breen at a cocktail party. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's that is a different sequence than the one I thought you were gonna bring up, but I do no. love <laughs> this cocktail party sequences. Continue on, sir. It is um, it is easily my favorite uh, writing from Neil Breen. It is it's got everything. It's got the the uh, lack of subtlety, the 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 just the awful stilted dialogue, 
from uh, people who are exposing, just talking about secrets and terrible things as if it's nothing. And then there's just Neil to offer his commentary. And it is just truly bizarre. So I guess the setup here is he's already started disappearing people. And he just goes to a random uh, mansion and disappears the two security guards who are working the door. I don't know what they did wrong. <laughs> well, uh, they work for the corruption, so they're I helping guess. And then he just kind of uh, attends, a, <laughs> attends a green-screened ma- inter- mansion interior cocktail party. And I'll let you play the, uh, play the scene. Oh, yes. This is uh, one of those sections. As CEO of a major bank... We manipulate interest rates to serve our best interest. Oh, with no concern to the customers, of course. (laughs) They have no control over us. This also helps our stockbroker friends who manipulate their markets to the broker's advantage. It's all a game. We make a fortune at our insurance companies, overcharging customers and hospitals, and there's nothing the customer can do about it. We have the backing of the politicians. Medical research could have cured cancer and other diseases 75 years ago. We won't let that happen. We'd lose too much money. Isn't that cheating the public? (laughs) (laughs) I I should do a supercut of each of his reactions. They're all so fucking good. Oh, they are. Oh, man. Let's see. Isn't that betraying the public's trust? <laughs> we'll see how fast I can do this in real time. <laughs> Isn't that immoral? And then he, he like, leaves, right? He leaves yes. this party. And then there's this wonderful... They're all like, who, who is that guy? <laughs> yes. And I love the fact that, yeah, he's, he's been at this party the whole time. And he's been, they're talking about all these secrets, and then, oh, it's like, yeah. Who was that guy? I have no idea. Never seen him before. (laughs) Who was that guy? I have no idea. He must not be from here. (laughs) You know how people just tell their darkest secrets. I know, they're just going to literally put it all on the fucking table. To some random guy who's just standing in their living room. And then at the end, uh, Breen makes his, uh, he makes his Neil Breen exit by blowing up the house. <laughs> oh, of course. This is where we, you know, spoiler alert for what's coming with Twisted Pair, but this is where he really starts to bring in the big effects. If it can be destroyed by the truth, it deserves to be destroyed by the truth. I want to comment, see, it's not just a green screen, by the way, but the way it looks, if anybody out there who's listening is of a similar vintage to myself, you probably played some computer games or some early PlayStation games from the 90s, early aughts, where this is the sort of shit they did. They had a virtual rendered world, and then they just dropped an actor into it, and it does, and everything looks a little weird. That's how this is. The size is all weird. The spacing's strange. In fact, I was just watching as Neil's leaving. And because the distance of how they shot it is all off, the chairs that are directly behind him look like they're miniature toy chairs. And he's just this colossal giant. Everything about the way it's staged is wonderful. And they use the exact same background. They just flip it for the kitchen and the living room area. 
So yes, the green screen and his his thing. See, when you were talking about his, his, his most Neil Breen thing, I thought, and I'm not going to play it all in its entirety because I need to save something for people to enjoy. But Neil doles out his manifesto in this film. It is a four and a half minute monologue after he disappears, the news anchors, <laughs> and he just lays it all out for four and a half fucking minutes like this. I am not of this earth. I am artificial intelligence from far into the future. I have taken on this human body in order to communicate with the humans. I have taken control of this international media center. What you are seeing now is being broadcast throughout the world. Human evolution has ended and there can be no further advancement. The turning point is now. There are genetic and psychological limits to the primitive human species. And you have reached those limits. And if you like that, there's another four minutes more just calling your name, and it gets fucking better. Yeah, it's his call. It, it's his call to arms, and it is <laughs> is. I feel like all four of his movies have been building to this moment, and he just lays it out, hits you over the head with it. He's that like Rolls Royce driving over you over and over and over, and yeah, it's unhinged. He is as subtle as Gallagher's mallet. It's just so fucking delightful. I feel like I I know Neil, even though I don't know Neil, in that he's the kind of guy that once he learns or hears about something, he has to just do it and use it as much as he can. So in the first, you know, double down his first film, Oh, there's, there's stock footage as a thing I can purchase and I can use and I can build my world? Fuck it, I'm going to throw as much stock footage in as I can. And he started to sort of pare it down as he went. Just like how with I Am Here Now, you were, we were talking about the cross-cutting between him and the alien self and that shuddery sort of look and feel. And then that was another technique he learned. And then now for Twisted Pair, we're seeing him dabble in... The, the virtual sets, which we'll see quite a bit of in uh, Twisted Pair. And because he had a drone, he used it as many times as he could with no motivation. There was numerous sequences where it was just practice footage, seemingly, of him walking around and zooming in, zooming out. But I just love the fact that Neil's the kind of guy, he has to be the kind of guy, that if something is new and cool, he's like, I want to do that and we'll use it. But will it work, Neil? Doesn't matter. We're going to use it anyway. And I have to respect the man for that moxie. Sure, yeah. And I, he's even started in this movie uh, dabbling with, uh, you know, like After Effects. He's he's figuring out how to do mats and stuff and rotos. Oh, yeah. And he's trying to figure out ways to use it. Um, but like you say, he's like he has to learn how to use the tool. And he just does it by overusing it and then figuring out the best ways to use it and that's what he ends up doing so his movies do get better and better as they go um you'll see in twisted pair he really goes full effects crazy <laughs> and, it's and it's fucking great it is it is just like it is such a weird it's kind of weird too seeing because he's a, you know he's a novice at this 
but the way he uses the tools as a novice is something that pros would never even consider doing and it's it's just amazing it's delightful um this movie has some of that uh he kind of i don't know it's some of some of it's got like some cool effects and then you know, other parts of this movie are very much uh just old school out in the desert jumping around rocks that neil's known for so <laughs> you know it's it, this one's a good blend uh yeah, the virtual sets are pretty pretty hilarious in this one. I don't know. I as much as I love that his uh, his manifesto, I really just I really love the cocktail party scene. It's just cocktail party sequence is pretty boss. It's it's so hilarious. It's just so so unrealistic. <laughs> I have to say, this is uh, at least not within Las Vegas this time. This is clearly everywhere but identifiable Nevada, as far as I'm concerned. It's just ambiguous desert this time so i give him i give him something on that although his his house does get a lot of play in this movie oh that's right they do use the inside of the house that's correct and he did trash it up as best as he could with some newspapers and bottles and he went to home depot and got some of those address numbers to put them on the various bedrooms to make it look like he's uh got like a flop house or some sort of (laughs) some sort of you know and he also he also reuses the uh hospital set from fateful findings I'm glad that he keeps all this shit. Can you imagine if you're just driving through Vegas and you happen to pass by his house and you look at his garage, it's closed, but you're thinking there's cinema history inside that garage. There's at least four (laughs) empty oxygen cans, hospital bed, hospital bed, tubing, a fucking oxygen mask that he wore in numerous films. You know, instead, what I'd like to look at is, let's see, this movie was in 2016. Interstellar, was that 2015? 2014. Oof. Wow. So, I love that we take something, the speech, about time travel. Well, he uses it for time travel, but they talk about, you know, hyperspace and black hole. and all. They talk about various science shit. It's always a quick way to talk about it. In Interstellar, they use the whole pencil through the paper, the two points, the shortest distance between two points is together, right? They did that in Event Horizon back in, like, what, 98, 97, whatever year that was. And then Neil does it yet again, but this time he's got to make it his own. And he does it with a length of rubber hose. Here we are now. Here is where I'm from. They're a thousand light years apart. I can manipulate space, time, and energy. I can compress time. Dark matter, dark energy, quantum physics, the string theory. I can bend time so that I can travel from where we are now to a thousand years in the future where I'm from by bending time I can compress the travel distance in time from here to here to no time at all well that was concise wasn't it <laughs> beautiful oh, and by the way explained. there's still another minute of this scene I'm just not playing it <laughs> 
And I, I, but I love the, he was really playing fast and loose with science here. He was for a second there in the middle. He's just rattling off various phrases. Oh yeah. It's like, it reads like he went to Wikipedia and looked up a couple topics, just wrote them down, but then not, not the content of the article, just what he read. <laughs> and I like how a thousand light years yet. It's also at the same time, a thousand years in the future. That's not how that works, Neil. I'm Dude. afraid to say, but. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, he, you know, he kind of does this again in uh, in uh, Twisted Pair uh, when he when he starts talking about artificial intelligence. We'll get to that, of course. Of course. But um, yeah, this is a this is a trope of his and uh, it's just who he is. I don't think he really he doesn't really care about the the understanding the things he's talking about he's but more about the emotion and the feelings he's trying to uh, to evoke and uh i i guess he evokes one here yeah you know one thing you talk about recycled that i'm glad he did recycle here is the dying wish of an old man in a wheelchair almost to the line i lived to see it i've waited my whole life for this not the Las Vegas sign, but it's the... Not the Las Vegas. Sky. It's apparently the Aurora Borealis up above the sky. We're not quite sure. You don't really see it till the very end. But it, what the fuck is that red dot? You know, it, is it just... The graphic, the effect is weird to me. It's the light. It, no, I think it's him. It's the light. I, I don't I don't know what it is. It's, it's a pimple. The pimple <laughs> on the screen. It's just That's a pimple it is. on the screen. Fair enough. <laughs> um... Yeah, but there's some uh, there's some other things we should probably talk about with this movie. So this is uh, I think this is Neil's biggest cast. Oh yeah, uh, by far. Uh, I don't even think I don't think Twisted Pair has more actors in this one. Uh, Fateful Findings doesn't. I am here now definitely doesn't. But uh, yeah, he's got a almost twenty I think in this one. Yeah, and they're not even all listed on IMDb. I mean, so many people are listed on IMDb as character of just immigrant. And we know that, for example, the doctor that I was just talking about, the professor or whatever the fuck he is, he's not on here. There are two girl astronomers. One of them's not on here. So there's a lot more in the cast, if you were, I guess, to run down the final credits of the film itself, that, yeah, he has a much bigger cast of people here. Yeah, I'm going through the the full cast and crew list here. It is, yeah, it's, man, it's probably 30. Uh, but this, uh, this is, I like this. I like when people, other people have to kind of interpret what he's written down and how he's, he's trying to direct whatever he's trying to direct and also act in it. Um, I think that's the most interesting stuff for me when, uh, when you're watching the Neil Breen movie, the, the least interesting parts are him walking through the desert and then spouting out weird spiritual, uh, stuff that he's kind of co-opted from random books about from indigenous peoples, uh, I don't know that that stuff for me is kind of the weakest spots of it, but uh, the, uh, the the better stuff is when other people have to interpret his work, you know. And you get people like Donna who just go nuts and you know tell them tell tell the mom and the kid that they have no value on the streets and then shoots them dead. It's <laughs> it's amazing stuff, you know. And uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is that this is Neil's first crowdfunded movie. Yes. So he previously self-funded the first three uh no idea what they cost to make but uh this one he went to 
he kind of after uh, after fateful findings he definitely got some festival play uh, around the country uh, he was getting theatrical releases and he was able to he was smart enough to realize that there were there was an audience for these movies and then he went out to Twitter and he started spreading the word about his movies and he crowdfunded this one and you know after this i don't know if he crowdfunded twisted pair i believe he did a little bit i think so i think i remember seeing stuff about that on twitter but before then he starts thinking about hiring people off of uh, twitter he, he for twisted pair he was only wanted a-list actors i remember those notices for a, quite a long time oh yes i'm, I'm curious that i want to know how that works out yeah, and I don't know why he didn't cast you, Art. I know we tried pretty hard to get your... your... I tried, man. I, I added him. I tried to email him. Uh, but I think I need to try harder, I guess. I think, I think you should have been in this one. Uh, <laughs> I think you would have played one of the human traffickers really well. Uh, I, could, I could hold a toy gun and yell pretty good, yeah. Yeah, um, but, you know, and then to cut to the day, now he's he's looking for... Like, we were talking about him learning and figuring out tools of the trade... Well, now he's into like 3D modeling. He wants Maya artists and uh, 3DS Max artists. And I don't know what the hell he's going to use them for. Maybe he's going to make a Yoda character or, <laughs> uh, you know, like Dobby from Harry Potter. Who knows? Can't wait to see what he comes up with. I, man, hearing, hearing that sort of shit makes me really excited. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is Neil really growing up into a filmmaker, I think. Uh, yeah. This, you know, this one, you know. Again, it's not my fa- it's not my favorite one, but it's very very good. Of course. You two are of no value to me on the streets. I'm all he's got in the world. Grandma, why'd you shoot her? Because I have absolutely no value for you two on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Rock and roll. Let's answer the big question, man. How subversive is this sauce, baby? 10 out of 10. 10, 10 out, out of 10. 10. 10 out of 10. Straight down the middle, man. That's a fucking strike. I love it. This one is, I mean, again, he, he he's doing the same thing as he's doing in I Am Here Now. He's coming back to get rid of the corruption. He's genociding, uh, well, basically the population of the United States of America. Uh 300 million people. Just the bad ones around the world, though. The bad people. Yeah, just the bad and, people. But yeah, that's this is, a, this is as subversive as it gets. And, you know, now he's figured out, oh, you know, uh, Zach Braff crowdfunded a movie? I'm going to crowdfund a movie. <laughs> well, I could totally see the comparison in the two's, uh, you know, visual <laughs> styles and storytelling acumen for sure. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. So where can you get this movie, Art? So, pass through, you can get it from the man himself. That's right. You can order it directly from Neil at pass-through-film.com. It's on DVD. I don't know if he has a Blu-ray. Maybe. Not sure. I don't believe it's streaming anywhere. Um, I think you can only get his latest one on iTunes. So, But pass through, that's where you're going to find it. And, you know, maybe some unscrupulous person will put it on YouTube occasionally and before Neil can rip it down, you can find it there. But you can definitely go to pass-through-film.com and pay the man some money so he can make more of these fucking awesome movies. So there you have it. Richard, thank you so much for coming out and talking to us again. 
And I cannot wait to round out this special series with you when we meet again in a couple weeks for Twisted Pair. Can't wait. Well, there you have it. Until the next time, in the words of Neil... No, you are done! I'm done! Done! That's the show. (laughs) We're done. Stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out, too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive cinema.